0: What up, world? Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. On today's show, we are kicking off the first of our season wrap ups, taking a look at every player on the roster and what they did this season for the Blazers. We'll do it in three parts. First, we'll look at their 2019-2020 contributions, what they did the stats, the memorable games, the moments you love, maybe some moments you don't love here and there. Then in segment two, we'll ask where did they land? In September, I did a season outlook for every player on the roster at the time, giving a best case and worst case scenario for each of the guys on the roster. We will decide where they landed relative to those best case and worst case scenarios I laid out nearly a year ago. And finally, we'll close the show by answering what's next. The likelihood that the player will be on the team next season, whenever next season begins, and what their likely role will be. And to begin our first season wrap up, we're looking at none other than Scary Gary, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. was a second year guard. And if you look at his 2019 2020 year in review, I think it's best to break it up in a little bit, a couple different parts. On the year, Gary averaged 8.9 points, 1.6 rebounds, and shot 44.4% from the floor, 42% from three, and 82% from the free throw line. But that stat line doesn't encapsulate actually the full Gary Trent Jr. experience, because it certainly happened in segments. Over the first 24 games of the year for the Blazers, your boy GTJ only appeared in 11 of them. He earned seven DNPs, that's did not play, coach's decision, the DNP CDs, the things you do not want to collect. And he spent six games on the inactive list over those first 24 games. And then as of December 10th, The same week that Rodney had tore his Achilles, an opportunity opened up for Gary Trent Jr. and he became a regular part of the rotation as of December 10th. He played in every single game after that going forward. And yet he was still a bit contributor and not necessarily a rotational mainstay. He had to play because the Blazers didn't have many other options at the wing, but he hadn't solidified himself as a big time contributor. Six weeks later, on January 18th, his 21st birthday in Oklahoma City on a night where the Blazers had just eight healthy bodies available, he won off for a career-high 30 points, made five of nine three-pointers in 22 minutes. But the real story of this game is not the career-high or the five threes or Gary Trent Jr. necessarily looking like an NBA player out of nowhere who played a bunch of minutes in a loss out of necessity. It was that he was incredibly sick at shoot-around. Terry Stotts said recently that what he remembers about that game is that, that Trent Jr. looked like death warmed over at shoot out. He just looked terrible, and he thought, there's no way this dude plays. We're going to have seven guys. Gary Trent Jr. played. He was the high scorer for the Blazers. They lost, but he something about that night, he figured it out, and also the Blazers figured it out. This dude can be a contributor. Prior to that game, Gary Trent Jr had just had had just three double-digit scoring performances on the year. He scored in double figures in three straight games from that moment forward and nine of his next 11 appearances. From January 18th on, he averaged 13.4 points on 47.6% shooting including 43.7%. That's 44% from 3 and 78% from the line. He averaged 29.9 minutes per game after that. He he balled out on his birthday while he was sick and he became a rotational mainstay. He was part of the plan, and he was part of the plan because he was good. This wasn't like, oh, we'll figure out some other options. This was Gary Trent Jr. has to play because he's one of our best players, and he played like it. With a with a bigger role, a larger role, he was more efficient from the floor. Those post-January 18th numbers I read you also include eight games in the Orlando restart. When... Gary Trent Jr. just won an absolutely monster run. In the bubble, bubble Gary, scary Gary himself. Fly Fieri, as my man Eric Gunderson has called him. Average 16.9 points in the bubble and more than a steal a game. Also, slightly more than a rebound, slightly more than one assist. But Gary Trent Jr. doesn't do that. What he does is get buckets and play defense. His splits in the bubble, 52% from the floor, 50% from three, 78% from the free throw line. He played 34 minutes a night. He was a baller. The Blazers do not make the playoffs without Gary Trent Jr. Prior to January 18th, in in his 30 appearances as a 20-year-old, he averaged 4.2 points per game and shot 36% from the field, 37% from three. After he turned 21 from January 18th forward, he tripled his scoring average and raised his shooting percentage both from the field and from three, nearly 10 percentage points. The dude started something. He figured something out in January, He figured it out. And the Blazers figured it out too. They, it, it all clicked for him. And then with time off with those four months off in the hiatus before the restart, he even spoke about this, that it was kind of like a second off season and he was even better. That's what Gary Trent Jr. did in 2019-20. But what I want to talk about in the second segment is where did he land? I talked about his best case and worst case scenarios back in September of last year. Let's discuss in that second segment where he landed on my spectrum of best possible and worst possible outcomes for a Gary Trent Jr. year two. All right, so we talked about Gary Trent Jr.'s 2019-2020 season, his second in the league. Now I want to turn back the clock a little bit. Like I've been alluding to, back in September I did these season outlooks for every player on the roster at the time, and part of those episodes included a best case and worst case scenario for each player on the team. So what I want to play for you now is what I said back in September. What I, what I thought the best case and worst case scenario for Gary Trent Jr. were a year ago, at coming off a rookie season when he didn't play very much, and uh, and heading into a uncertain second season where it was not totally clear that he would have a role on this team. So take a listen to what I thought, basically a year ago, what year two of Gary Trent Jr. could potentially look like. The best case scenario for Gary Trent is that he plays, and he plays because he's too good to bench. That means he leapfrogs Kent more and likely earns playing time ahead of fellow second-year guard Anthony Simons. The best case for Gary Trent Jr. is that he becomes a regular part of Terry Stott's playing rotation because his combination of shooting and relative size on the wing makes him an asset. The best case for him is that you can remember a few of his games. If Gary Trent Jr. has any moment At the end of the season that you can point back to and say, remember when Gary Trent Jr. did this, and it's a thing that happened on the basketball court, that has to be considered a major success. The best case scenario is that Gary Trent Jr. is a part of the plan, a part of the nightly discussion of what happened in the Blazer games. The worst case scenario for Gary Trent Jr. would be probably a little subtler. On the outside, it will look a lot like his rookie year. Seven minutes in early November, five minutes a week later, six minutes in December, a couple of garbage-time cameos in January and through April. But the worst-case scenario would be things that we don't see. A lack of progress behind the scenes, a waning work ethic brought on by too many days watching and not enough days wearing a basketball jersey. The worst case for Gary Trent Jr. is that heading into year three, he's no longer part of the Blazers' plans. I would say unequivocally, Gary Trent Jr. nailed his best case scenario. And quite frankly, he probably outperformed my expectations. Even in that best case scenario segment where I was giving you his absolute best case scenario. He had more than just a memorable moment. I would say the January game was his memorable moment. But then the breakout in Orlando surpasses what I had described as the best case scenario. I think you kind of saw the worst-case scenario in some way setting up in in those first few games. He wasn't playing. He was getting DNPs. He was, he was on the inactive list. But once he got a chance, he was he nailed the best-case scenario before the restart happened. I thought he, he performed exactly to what I would have considered his best possible scenario for Gary Chen Jr. He was a regular contributor, and he was a regular contributor because he was good and deserved to play. He outperformed those expectations in the bubble in the restart, not in the playoffs against the Lakers necessarily. Um, he was an important contributor and someone they needed, and he got the assignment on LeBron James, and that alone is is should be commended. Obviously, um, I didn't I didn't get there in my season wrap up because I felt like running you through four four losses to the Lakers or five games against the Lakers was wasn't necessarily a fair way to remember Gary Trent Junior's season, but we should mention it here he wasn't good enough to guard LeBron James. If that's the indictment you get at the end of Gary Trent Jr.'s year two, unequivocal success and something that you can say outperformed this stupid podcaster's highest expectations for old GTJ. I would like to say this though. Gary Trent Jr. does not do this without opportunity. And it's a reminder of how much luck and situation plays into every NBA career. If Rodney Hood doesn't get hurt, Gary Trent Jr. probably doesn't get a chance. Not because he wasn't—he wouldn't be capable, but just because the Blazers had veterans ahead of him on the roster. Uh, you can't perform without an opportunity to perform. Like, you need to get on the court to do stuff on the court. And I don't think he was set up to do that. The roster with Kent Bazemore and Rodney Hood was not designed to play Gary Trent Jr. The Blazers were setting this up for Anthony Simons to be the second-year guard who played. But then opportunity allowed Gary Trent Jr. a couple cameos, and once he got that chance, he proved that he was the guy who, who deserved that playing time. By the end of the year, the Blazers basically had six or seven contributors, really six contributors each and every night, and Gary Trent Jr. was one of those six dependable dudes for a team that was all of a sudden you know, chasing down the eighth seed. And when the season restarted, obviously they didn't get super healthy on the wings. That didn't change. In fact, they got less, they had less players available on the wings when Trevor Ariza left, but there wasn't any debate. Gary Trent Jr. threw out the debate early on. There was no reason to say, "Well, does he deserve to play?" or what you know. What should they do? As soon as he was good, he was fantastic. The opening game in Memphis, he had of the restart in Orlando, he had seventeen points and guarded Ja Morant down the stretch. Then he had twenty-one and hit seven threes against Boston in a game that the Blazers almost came back and won. So let's just let's leave it at this. Gary Trent Jr. outperformed his best-case scenario. I'm not sure there's anyone else on the roster that, that hit those marks. I would say Gary Trent Jr. is the best story and the best development to come out of this season for your Portland Trailblazers. I don't think it's as simple as no one saw this coming. In a lot of ways, the Blazers saw exactly this coming. They drafted him in the second round by trading up multiple picks to go get him, and they immediately gave him a multi-year contract and more money than most second-round picks get. The Blazers, in a lot of ways... had invested in Gary Trent Jr. But I think they'd invested in Gary Trent Jr. in year three and beyond. They thought this is a guy who can develop. Because the way the roster was set up and the way the season started, Gary Trent Jr., year two, Gary Trent Jr. wasn't necessarily part of it. But the Blazers at some level, knew that he could be a real contributor. He just beat the timeline in such a way that makes him the best story of this season. Certainly, Damian Lillard turning into the best player in the NBA briefly was incredibly fun, but you knew Damian Lillard was very good when the year started and he confirmed it. You didn't know Gary Trent Jr. was this good, and if you were me, even your best case scenario for him entering year two was not a high enough bar for him. He cleared that one. So what's next for old Gary Trent Jr.? What's next for GTJ? That's what we'll answer in the second segment. What's his role? What's he going to do in year three for an encore? But before we get there, I want to tell y'all about Bill Barr. You know Bill Barr? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the protein bar that tastes great. That's what they're doing. They're making really delicious protein bars. They come in 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They don't have that whack, dry protein bar texture you might be familiar with from other products. That's not this. This is a delicious protein bar. And in addition to being delicious, here's the bonus. It's a great option for the health conscious among us. The bars are low calorie, they're low in sugar, they're high in protein, high in fiber. Take, for instance, the delicious coconut almond flavor. That fool has 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. That is a good deal just because it tastes good and it's good for you. But Bilt Bar is giving you a better deal because they're offering you, right now, $10 off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. That's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N for ten dollars off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still looking back to look ahead with Gary Trent Jr. It's a season wrap up. We talked about his 2019-2020 year in review. We revisited his best-case and worst-case scenarios that I recorded last September. Now it's time to talk about what's next. What is a reasonable role for Gary Trent Jr. in year three, and what are your expectations, and what are mine expectations, frankly, because you don't have a microphone right now? Here's what I think. Gary Trent Jr.'s role doesn't change drastically from what we saw at the end of the year. He's not going to start over C.J. McCollum. He is not going to start at small forward. He could play a little bit of small forward. I, I he's he's not exactly ideal size to play three in the NBA. But the Blazers can live with him in a three in three guard lineups a little bit during the regular season. Some matchups are bad. If he has to guard LeBron James in the playoffs, it's not a great matchup, but he's proven to be a capable contributor and three-guard lineups can happen. But in any case, if they do happen, they're not going to happen from the jump. They're going to happen in the course of the game because Gary Trent Jr. is not going to start. He is going to play this similar big-minute backup role. In a lot of ways, the idea of what I think the Blazers envisioned for Anthony Simons is the thing that Gary Trent Jr. went and snatched away. I think they saw him as that third guard who came comes off the bench, who occasionally plays in three-guard lineups next to Damon CJ, who does uh, a lot of complimentary things to the to the pillars of this franchise and with the pillars of this franchise and provides some overlap so he can play when either of those two gentlemen rest. And there's a big minute contribution coming. I don't know if it's 30 minutes a night from Gary Trent Jr., but I think a reasonable expectation is he plays 25 minutes a night and is a three and D contributor. Let's briefly talk for a moment about, the, the three-point shooting part of Gary Trent Jr.'s arsenal. The dude can really, really shoot it. Last year, on the whole, including when he wasn't really playing prior to December and before he kind of had his breakout at the end of January, if you include all the games, all 61 appearances, including eight starts, he still shot, on the whole, 42% from three. He barely played in year one. Just 15 total games. And even then, in very, very limited action. With very few attempts. In fact, he only took 21 threes in year one. He's a career 40% three-point shooter. This is not a small sample size. Uh, I think there's some suggestions that about 350 attempts uh, I've read I don't exactly know where I read this. I would, I would, I would give them credit. Y'all know me. I credit journalists when I, when they provide me with interesting information. I think it's Seth Partnow from The Athletic, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Might be someone else who worked at the blog Nylon Calculus with Seth back in the day. But the idea that about 750 three point attempts, you could get a sort of a stabilized number for how good someone was at shooting threes. Gary Trent Jr. isn't there yet. He's only taken him 289. Three pointers in his career. But I don't think this is some sort of small sample size thing. I think what you saw from Gary Trent Jr. is the real deal Holyfield. Is that a too date of a reference for my listeners? How old are y'all? Do you y'all know Evander Holyfield? If you if you don't know Evander Holyfield right now, Google, Google my guy, real deal holyfield. But I don't think anything was fluky about what Gary Trent Jr. did. I think his graph is pointing up, and I think a sixth man type role, backing up both Dame and CJ, letting CJ play point guard in those extra minutes, getting a little bit of time as a small forward, playing along both guards, or playing with Anthony Simons in one of those two guards, that is a reasonable role. NBA players who are defensively inclined, a la Gary Trent Jr., typically get better as they age, defensively. You just understand tendencies better, you know, you've just seen more stuff, and once you've seen more stuff, you can adapt quickly, your mind is, slows down, the game slows down for you. More reps makes guys like him better defenders. I don't think he's an all-defensive team type contributor, but I think he is a very solid defender. And I think this three-point shooting, his numbers as a 40% three-point shooter, I think that is real. So I think the Gary Trent Jr. you saw after January 18, a guy who averages 13-plus a game and shoots 40-plus percent from three and plays and takes on difficult assignments, welcomes difficult defensive assignments, I think that's the dude who comes back in year three. I think Gary Trent Jr. gave you a sneak peek in the bubble. He's not going to shoot 50% from three for a whole year, but the dude is fearless. So I think the next question with him is where can he improve? Because we know his strength, his defense, and his shooting. Like I said, I think those are both real things you can count on. But where could Gary Twent Jr. improve? How can he be a better player without just sharpening up his skills? It's always easier for NBA guys who say, oh, what if he adds this? What if he adds this? It always makes more sense just to get better at what you're best at. I think that's that's always the way forward for NBA players. What is your best skill? What if you did that more? This is sort of the Mike D'Antoni theory of basketball, right? But... Where could, How could Gary Trent Jr. help a little bit? I think he could help a little bit, tightening up his handle. And I don't mean that he needs to play point guard or anything like that. I mostly mean that if he was a little bit better at attacking closeouts. So he's going to shoot and he's going to be spacing the floor on the weak side. Guys are going to know he's a shooter and they're going to come close out to him, run at him hard at the three-point line. Gary Trent Jr. just had a little more wiggle to get past closeouts. He's not terrible at it and he has some off-the-dribble moves that we saw a little bit in Orlando particularly. But... Getting a little bit sharper at, okay, I'm going to pump fake and get past you, or I'm going to pump fake and get myself loose. Uh, I think a, a a couple off the dribble moves when you're dribbling more than three times would help Gary Trent Jr. expand his offensive game. He doesn't need to break guys down off the dribble and run, pick and rolls. He simply needs to be able to attack weaknesses or attack a rotating defense and get himself to the rim a little bit better. That would that's a that's a simple thing I think he can improve at. And the other thing is becoming a slightly better distributor. Uh he's not going to be asked to like I said run pick and rolls and be this like initiator on offense. But a guy who in year 3 of his of his NBA career and year 2 of really being involved in the offense, if he could have a better sense of what of how the offense works and just move the ball smarter. I don't even think it's assists. I think it's just getting getting rid of the ball smarter. I think there's sometimes that the ball stuck to him because A, he can really shoot it, and B, he decided he was really going to shoot it. Uh, I, I'm not looking for a big leap there. I think the ball handling thing is much more important than the ball distribution thing, but he could improve certainly a little bit on that end, and that would take his game to the next level. That's been your Gary Trent Jr., season wrap-up we're going to do this for every single player on the roster we'll roll these out over the next couple weeks they're going to be you know evergreen type content that you'll be able to listen to and point folks to so if you are if you have a friend who's looking for an NBA podcast or looking to learn more about the blazers hopefully these little player capsules can help them learn more give them a look back and a look forward on each player on the team So do me a favor, tell them about these episodes and tell them about this podcast. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.